Thank you for downloading this podcast from BJOG. Hi, and welcome to the June issue of BJOG. My name is Iris Papagiorgio. I'm a deputy editor-in-chief of the journal. This morning, the spring flowers were in full bloom, as if nothing had changed. It struck me how the new normal takes hold so very quickly. COVID-19 has affected our normal beyond recognition, has already changed our individual relationships with our families, our patients, our colleagues, the outside world, and the government. The impact on health continues to grow, and the virus has claimed tens of thousands of lives. And at population level, whole regions and countries are in lockdowns, causing a severe slowdown in global economic activity. I think we can all agree that this new normal could not have been imagined just a few weeks ago. The effects of the virus on healthcare staff have been particularly severe, exemplified by the sad death of Dr. Li Wenliang, the Wuhan ophthalmologist who warned about the possible outbreak. He is one of hundreds of healthcare workers who have died of COVID-19, and they are movingly listed on the online In Memoriam webpage. As medical journal editors, we've been trying to contribute to the dissemination of information regarding the disease. A number of guidelines have appeared from colleges, international organizations, and other societies. And we've collected all the most valuable information in our new BJOC COVID-19 Resource Center. You will find this online and contains guidelines, systematic reviews, primary articles, useful websites, and many other resources. Please visit it and have a look. The papers also include a paper from this June issue of BJOG from the front line of COVID-19, where Chua and colleagues comment on the preparedness for the pandemic. The paper makes really nice practical recommendations on how to assess and screen the impact of pneumonia and also make suggestions for care during labour and delivery. It's really important during the pandemic that we remember that healthcare needs unrelated to COVID-19 have to continue. In our June issue are plenty of papers that deal with things we face in our daily practice. For example, a cluster randomised controlled trial of almost 40,000 women in 67 maternity clinics in Sweden, Anna Axelsson and her colleagues report on mothers who underwent a program of improving awareness of fetal activity compared with normal care. There is a conundrum here. Most previous intervention trials, following reported reduction in movements, increased the proportion of women coming to hospital and increased the number of interventions but without any reduction in stillbirths. At the same time, it has to be said that these trials have mostly been underpowered to demonstrate such a reduction. Have a look at the study by Axelson and the accompanying commentary by Alex Hiesel and see whether you agree that focused awareness of fetal activity is a reasonable approach to evaluating fetal well-being. How fetal growth and the fetal placental circulation are affected in women who've become pregnant after bariatric surgery 
is reported in a prospective study by Tanya Marich and colleagues. Birth weight in infants from women with bariatric surgery was lower by an average of about 200 grams compared with infants from mothers without surgery. This was also reflected in ultrasound fetal growth parameters, but there were no large differences in fetal placental Doppler, suggesting that it's probably an altered maternal nutritional and metabolic or carbohydrate milieu that is responsible for these differences. A number of other papers answer important questions about the care we provide every day. They include how we can reduce urinary complications after radical hysterectomy, what pregnancy outcomes we should expect in women with primary biliary cholangitis and primary sclerosing cholangitis, the role of point-of-care coagulation testing in obstetrics, ways to reduce post-traumatic stress disorder following childbirth, and how practitioners in low-resource settings can deal with limited imaging and lab testing before fistula repair. In some way, these papers about women's healthcare highlight what will happen when the pandemic passes. Our questions on how we can improve health will continue. At the same time, I think we need to think about how life may be different after this crisis, and also what our role is in influencing this. Will we just return to our previous day today? Will the immense gratitude expressed all over the world towards those putting their own health and lives at risk to support healthcare remain? Or will it be quickly forgotten? There's a newfound faith in serious expert. Will that dissipate as it has done before? Will we concentrate efforts on solving other global issues, such as a climate emergency? There's really a lot that's been written, and only time will tell. But I think we should all be prepared to contribute and prepare for what will be the new normal after the pandemic. And as obstetricians and gynecologists with a global view, we should be particularly aware of the possible consequences for women's health, particularly in underserved regions. Let's all contribute towards shaping the new, new normal coming our way. Thank you for listening to this podcast from BJOG. We have been reporting the best research in women's health since 1902. We are keen to hear your views. Tweet us at BJOG Tweets. You can find more podcasts at www.bjog.org.